Good evening, LCM. Good evening. Tonight is Wednesday, May 19th, 2021. What a glorious time our church is living in. Our Father is showering us with some extraordinary, I mean extraordinary revelation, supernatural, through our Remember series, Making Us Secure Sons. Have you been blessed in this series? Have you been blessed as you've been remembering what the Lord has done? I know we have. We're going to work through some of that homework and some of the passages was referring to earlier. I promise you, God's leading has been and will continue to be supernatural in the one association. Starting off in the week of April 25th, we learned step one. Somebody say step one. Step one. Step one of our Remember Secure Son series. We learned from the following in Deuteronomy 4, 9 through 10. Turn in your Bibles there. Say reflection when you get there. Oh. Only be careful and watch yourselves. Somebody say, watch yourself. Watch yourself closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb. Come on, church. When he said to me, assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach their children. Remember. So in step one of the Remember series, we're to remember the day we stood, first stood in the Lord's presence. Do you guys remember doing that homework? See, we've been hearing from the pastors and the elders and the brothers of how they first stood in God's presence and they remember the feeling. Now we have an opportunity to share with you guys our first remember in the Lord's presence. See, I remember when I first stood in God's presence. Man, there was nothing like it. There was such a freedom in the room that was tangible, a present, tangible freedom. It was the present reality that I was currently standing in. Oh, come on. At that time, it was at Foundations. While we're still having it at the Sutherland home. That tends to happen. We were worshiping, and I can feel his presence fill the room. You know what else? I could feel the hope that was rising inside of me at the same time. Come on. And as I was feeling the hope rising inside of me, the Lord started to give me revelation in his presence. Revelation about his holiness, his majesty, who he is. And I can remember in that moment the intimacy that I felt in his presence, the relationship. He was calling me forth as a son. That nearness let me know that he was accepting me as a son. In his presence, nothing else mattered. Absolutely nothing else mattered. Not the next 10 minutes, not the next 48 hours. Nothing mattered in that moment except being near to my father. Man, he gave me such a security, shalom in his presence, right order with him and those I was worshiping with in the room. Come on. And finally, he gave me courage, courage that did not start within myself, courage from our heavenly father working its way inside of me, moving me to continue in him for the next steps he was going to show me. I remember standing in his presence. Come on. Is his testimony and remembrance moving you? It's moving me to share mine too. I remember the day that I stood in the Lord's presence. I was filled with awe. I mean, awe, like the, the, the God, the great and awful day of the Lord, I was filled with awe because the God that I had recently learned to fear, and I mean fear, I was learning to fear the Lord. 
the God that I was recently learning to fear, he now accepted me. I was accepted. I was brought in in the Lord's presence. Y'all saw me walking around with my apocrypha when I first got here. I was filled. I was filled with uncontainable joy. So much that I often drew comments from my pastors while sitting over here because I couldn't stop smiling. I felt protected, guarded, untouchable in his presence. So much so that I'm driving down Highway 6, almost about to get in the wreck because I'm uh, leaning out my window, screaming, I love you, Jesus, because I was feeling his presence for the first time. It was also after Foundations with Pastor Wade taught. He gave me freedom for the very first time. I'm going to get past uh, Elder Eric to cameo for me and sing that song. Freedom for the very first time that I could not put into words. I had no words to express the, the light nature, the free nature that I was feeling and I was experiencing in God's presence that I never had before. I was clean before him. How many of you have the testimony that you felt clean for the very first time in God's presence? That's how I know I'm kidding y'all. I was a valued son, a blood-bought, valued son that was becoming a soldier. For the very first time, I knew that the Lord heard me when I cried out to him. There is so much power in remembering the first time you stood in his presence. We need it, like, often, like, like weekly, maybe even daily. That's probably why God gave Israel the 70 Sabbaths to remember. Can we get that slide? This is, this is what God commanded his children to do. Was it, was it for him? It was obedience, but no, it's for them. They needed to remember what happened the first time they entered into his presence. You see here the weekly Sabbaths, the Pasat, Shavuot, Teruah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and Shimni Atzeret. Flawless. I can see by the looks and your, on your faces. I can see by the head nods by the acknowledgments that you're not excited just because of my testimony, I can see that you have been remembering what the Lord did the first time you stood in his presence. Amen. And I'm encouraged by that. Has it been breeding more security into you yeah. as you've been doing this? Yeah. I'm, has it been doing it? Yeah. All right, for everybody who didn't answer, I'm telling you, yes, it has. <laughs> the more that we remember, the more secure we become as sons. When we first stood... In the Lord's presence for the very first time. How secure did you feel in that moment? Perfect. Nothing else mattered. And when we do this step one rightly, remembering the first time we stood in God's presence, that brings us to the week of May 2nd, where we focused on the second step in the Remember series, where we learned from Deuteronomy 5.15, and you guys can turn there while we put it up on the screen. In Deuteronomy 5.15, he goes on to say this, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Hmm. See, in step two of the Remember series, we were to remember that we were slaves and that he brought us out. Yeah. See, it's not, it's not just enough to know that we were slaves, but that he brought us out while we were slaves. Man, I remember when I was a slave, but he brought me out of there. <laughs> See, the entrapment, the despair, the internal and, and, and external chaos that was tangible in my life 
was completely broken off of me. See, I was free to walk in that freedom now as a son. See, no more low living, church. When you were slaves and he brought you out, man, we have confidence that on that day that he brought us out, man, moving forward, it was just escalated and getting better and better and better and better. Can you guys testify to that? Yeah. Come on. Now, five years in LCM time is a very long time. It's almost like a, a day. It's like a thousand years. But church, I still remember. I remember my time as a slave in Egypt. I remember that no matter how hard, no matter how hard I tried to break the chains of sin that bound me, I couldn't. I was powerless. Matter of fact, I had become accustomed, comfortable with, accepting of my chains. So much so to the point I didn't even see the point in fighting anymore. I had pretty much settled in on the fact or the perceived fact that deep despair and powerlessness was as good as it was going to get for me. That was, that's what with Egypt was like in my life. That is until he brought me out of there. That's right. In fact, the transformation was so night and day in my life that I didn't even recognize who I was. I didn't recognize who he was either, and I was there. Yeah. And that's before I got a haircut. Feelings of being orphaned, of burdened, walking around with, with the weight of the world on my shoulders. And shame got obliterated. I mean, exploded in his presence. That was just day one, though. It's only gotten better since then. I remember that it was for freedom's sake that I was set free. And I thank my pastors for reminding me of that. I now have the power to choose to live as God intended me to. The more we remember, the more gratitude. Somebody say gratitude. Gratitude. One thing a Christian always needs more of is gratitude. The more gratitude and awe we have of the Lord's ability to set us free. In the week of May 9th, step three of our Remember Son series, we learned the following from Deuteronomy 7, 17. Get there in your Bible. Say reflection when you get there. You may say to yourselves, my best Eric Stevens impersonation, these nations, I'm not going to go there. These nations are stronger than we are. How can we drive them out? But do not be afraid of them. I say again, do not be afraid of them. Remember well, Zakar, Zakar, what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. You saw with your own eyes the great trials, miraculous signs and wonders, the mighty hand and outstretched arm with which the Lord your God brought you out. The Lord your God will do the same to all the peoples you now fear. Moreover, 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 the Lord your God will send the hornet among them and say amen to that. The Lord will send the hornet among them until even the survivors who hide from you have perished. Do not be terrified by them. For the Lord your God who is among you, the Lord your God who is among you is a great and awesome God. The Lord your God will drive out those nations before you little by little. You will not be allowed to eliminate them all at once or the wild animals will multiply around you. Did you guys catch that right at? Right at 18, it doesn't just say remember, it says remember well. Yeah. It says remember very well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and all of Egypt. Man, in, in this step, in step three, 
As sons of our fathers, as a son of my father, being outnumbered by my enemies is the normative experience in the kingdom. Amen. <laughs> Can you guys testify to that? Yeah. The amount of spiritual warfare that happens in this church in a week alone is extraordinary. And while I still have some leftovers, for example, like self-derived expectations that are completely unrealistic and unachievable, which then bring about an anguish in my own soul. When I clench with this reality, when I clench with these leftovers, I am filled with courage that if he crushed Pharaoh when I was in a powerless state, in a state where I, I had nothing to offer him, more over. Moreover, how much more now will he empower me and partner with him to mow down every single leftover in the land? Ready every Hittite, again. every Girgashite, every Amorite, Canaanite, Perizzite, Hittite, and Jebusites. He will help me and partner with him to mow them down. And he would do the same in you, church. You just have to trust him. You just have to trust that he is leading you. He will empower you to do this. Church, I am awakening to the reality. The reality that there are still giants in my land. Some were hidden from me. Some I'd much rather keep hidden from you. But the hornet is stirring them up and praise God he's doing so. He's stirring them up so that I could partner with him and get them out of here. Looking back at what he did to my Egypt on day one, I repeat, on day one, gives me a surety. I'm talking about a title deed. To what he will do to every enemy that's still left in the land. Church, I still got some, some giants perpetrating and, and trespassing on my land. But you know what? God is driving them out of there. Fears of not being able to lead men. Feelings of not measuring up. Things like being enslaved to apathy or being evicted, y'all. I'm talking about they're getting kicked out in the name of Jesus. Tonight, we continue to build we continue to move forward in our Remember Secure Son series as we reflect on, la on this past Sunday's message. Was that a good message? Yeah. That was an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> so let's put up the next slide. So this slide gives us a recap of the steps in the Remember Son series. In step one, we were to remember the day you stood in the Lord's presence. In step two, and only by doing step one, can you get to step two? Remember that you were a slave and he brought you out. And when we get to step three, we're to remember well what the Lord did to Pharaoh and moreover, how much moreover. And when we get to step four, which is this past Sunday, we're to remember how the Lord, your God, led you. Church, have you guys been recounting all the ways that the Lord, your God, has led you? Has, has it been bringing security to your soul? Yes. Have you been encouraged? Yes. See, we can tell you that as we look out into the faces of this big family meeting, looking at the Cora family, looking at the Thomases, looking at Nick Rosales and seeing what God is doing in their lives, we are encouraged by all the ways in which the Lord has led each and every single member into this body. Come on. We can actually see. The supernatural estimations that have accompanied your faith as a result of your trust in the Lord leading. Come on. I see the Lord leading Juan Jr. Come on. Yeah. I see the Lord leading men like Rhett. And it is supernatural. I see the Lord leading men like Timothy Carter. 
Oh. Yeah. And the future Mrs. Carter. Future Mrs. Carter. Where them Tisdales at? That brother trusts the Lord. <laughs> so as we revisit and read our main text from Sunday, you guys turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. And on, when you get, get there. there, say reflection. We got somewhere to go, y'all. So Deuteron Deuteronomy chapter 8, picking up in verse 1, says this. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the, the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Verse 2. Remember. Somebody say remember. Remember. I have a question, though. Why does he say remember? They forget so that we could be secure sons. These are all true. But also, it's to illustrate that them remembering is to cause them to know that these are not made-up experiences. Oh, come on. They don't have to come up with a, a story that they heard from a galaxy long, long time ago. But they no. actually have examples that they can look back to that are tangible to them personally. See, let's, let's read this again in verse 2. It says, remember how the Lord your God led your neighbor all the way. That's not what no. it says. That's, that's not what it says. Okay, let me, I don't have glasses, so I have to zoom in on my laptop. <clears throat> let's, let's try again, verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you. Yeah. See, not somebody else, not, not, not somebody else's testimony, but your testimony. It's supposed to be personal. That's why the Lord is addressing them in this way. That from the very beginning, he's been leading you, and where you are now, he's leading, and he will continue to lead you. One more time, we're going to read verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years. In the midst of God leading his people these 40 years, in his leading, there has to be desert-like conditions, a gestation period while the promise is being fermented and they're being led by him. See, yeah. for Israel, it was 40 years. For us in this room, for some, it's, been, it's decades. Yeah. Others, it's years months or even days yeah. but one thing we can say is that if he was faithful to israel and we know that he is faithful to each and every single family in this room he will be faithful moving forward yeah come on come on how many of y'all got like multiple gestation periods going on how many of y'all got promises that have been fulfilled how many of you got promises that are being fulfilled and how many have you how many of you got promises you don't even know what to do yet do with yet all of those are included. It's an all-inclusive trip on God's journey. I remember the first day I could discern the Lord's leading. I mean, when I was born of the Spirit. I remember I was standing right there, right there about where Adam Cora is sitting. It was day one. Day one, week one, where the Lord was beginning to lead me. The Lord called me forward. I mean, literally, he called me forward. Uh, all my life, I had rejected the altar call because I knew for me that meant giving over submission to my life to what God wanted to do. All my life I rejected. But on day one, the Lord called me for it. But you know what? It wasn't just for day one. How, how, how silly would that be for you to be called for it for an altar call and nothing else? That would be silly, right? Silly. silly. It was a perpetual calling. The Lord would call me for it in obedience that day and many times over. He would call me for it in obedience and, and sonship that day and many times over. Also, like a typical engineer, I had all these questions. Uh, Lord, if I try to calculate the trajectory of my life, how would I? 
I had all these questions for God about how I was going to do this. And you know what he told me? You know what he said? Son, you don't, don't you worry about that. You do the next thing I tell you to do. Okay, Lord, what's the next thing? Get up to the altar. That's a good word. And he's been doing the same thing ever since in an ever-increasing fashion. Has he been doing the same thing in your life in an ever-increasing fashion? Yeah. Though that direction bore some immediate fruit on day one, can I tell you that the command is still gestating today? If he was helping me then, if he was calling me forward then, if he was leading me then and giving me the power to do what all my life I could not do, how much more is he doing it now? How much more is he helping you now? Verse 3, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna. How many of y'all like to be hungry? Tell the truth. That's the right answer. That's the, yes. But recognize that no son likes to starve. We don't, we don't like uh, to, to, to go into the, the hungering period, but we love what it produces. And our father is good. He gives us what we need, not what we want. I'm telling you, he leads you in ways you don't understand. Church, our father is sovereign. Did you just see there that he both hungered you, made you hungry, made you starve, and he was able to supernaturally feed you? Amen. He can cause you to hunger and then feed you supernaturally. In this house, we've learned to not look at this in the negative light. Say amen. amen. Because we understand that he is conditioning us for some supernatural sustenance. I'll be Mephibosheth at the king's table. Can I get some cauliflower mashed potatoes with some cheese on it, please? I'll take that supernatural leading. Our sovereign father leads us to places where we recognize our need. And then he fills it by leading us to partner with him. But recognize, like my brother said, you don't get to step two without doing step one. You don't get to step four without going through steps two and three. But what we're learning to do is trust the Lord as he is leading us through these remembers. Look at what verse 3 goes on to say, which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Our father is good to us in this body. Yeah. He's going to make sure that he's going to make sure that you know that you cannot get by with ordinary bread. Mm -hmm. See, everything else that we, we, we like to, to surround ourselves with, our father is good enough to open up our eyes and say, hey, that bread is not cutting out. It gets moldy. See, in 1 Kings 19, we see what supernatural bread produces. In 1 Kings 19, look at Elijah's life in verse 7. We'll throw it on the screen so you guys don't have to turn there. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Come on. Man, when was the last time you ate something in the physical that legitimately strengthened you for 40 days and 40 nights? Never. But our father, through his supernatural work in us and leading us, will give us his word that will sustain us 40 days and 40 nights and the years to come. You, we're standing in these promises. We're standing in the leadings. How many words have the Lord, how many words has God given families, husbands, and, and, and wives in this body that we're still chewing on to this day that is sustaining us now? A plethora. See, he is teaching us to depend on his spirit who has led us up until this point, And we can be sure, we can be certain that he will carry us through to the very end. Amen. Right,
have seen the Lord sustain us supernaturally along the journey. And guess what? We got a long ways to go. We got a long ways to go. You have a long ways to go and God supernaturally leading you. How many of you were doing your homework? I'm going to go ahead and just get it out there. How many of you were doing your homework and you was like, well, um, I, I can't see much completed uh, yet, so I don't really know what to put on my list. How many of y'all did that? How many of y'all was freaking out? All right. All y'all was doing it. I, I don't care. You all did it. I was just giving you an opportunity to admit it. Recognize that we got a long way to go. But we can also see how the Lord has answered. We can see how the Lord has provided. This is encouraging, church. You know why? Because we can look at our big brothers, Israel. Remember, who was this gospel first for? for who was this gospel for first? The Jews. the Jews. We can see how God led the Jews on a supernatural journey. I can't go a year without wearing out a pair of shoes. I mean, I'm flat-footed. It, it, it gets bad. God led them for 40 years, and their feet didn't swell, and their sandals didn't wear out. That is supernatural. We can look at our big brother Israel and see how God has sustained them supernaturally. And he's still doing it today, even while rockets are flying at this very moment. We can look ahead to some promises that have not been completed yet. I'm talking about those that are still pending and have confidence that God will carry us through the end. I was so, and we were so encouraged uh, Sunday as we got to listen to our pastors. Because for sure they have uh, promises pending. We, we're going to take that map right there. Yeah! But as a, as a son, I'm watching my fathers and I'm seeing how God spoke to them back in uh, 1993. I'm not going to tell you how old I was, but I'm seeing how old I was. Yeah. But I'm seeing how God has answered. So you know what that gives me confidence? The things that God spoke to me two years ago, three years ago, the thing he spoke last week, it will come to pass. He will supernaturally sustain me. Now, am I special? Don't answer that question. No, I'm not special. It's for all of us. <laughs> That's the point. It's for every last one of you. What do you need to be supernaturally sustained for? You mamas. Raising them children. Raise your hand if you need some supernatural sustaining. It's yours. To the husbands in the room. To need to lead your families. Lead your wives and raise your children. The Lord will supernaturally sustain you. Disciples in discipleship. Do you need some supernatural sustaining as you follow your disciples? Yes. Amen. We're in the process, y'all. Now, we're going to uh, just share a few testimonies about how the Lord is leading us. Uh, many of you know, we went on a trip uh, in 2018. And as we were driving over these mountains in Turkey, the Lord impressed upon me that, hey, your son is going to work with Judah's sons in, in Turkey. My sons are going. The sun's on the way. I haven't made it yet. But I know that God will bring about what he said. We got a word that Sophia's not going to be here either. We're going to send them off. We're going to send them out the nest. And they're going to go into the nations and get a harvest for God's kingdom. The Lord is leading us into that. Church, God has given us the names and the functions of our children. How much more will he not help us and lead us to equip them as they get ready to go do what he is leading them to do? Amen. Speaking of our children, I remember receiving a prophecy from Cass after service. Oh, so much so that I have it recorded and I still listen to it from time to time. It was about our daughter, Lee Shiva. And this was before we knew we had a girl. 
and she's prophesying about her birth, prophesying about her discipleship process and what it's supposed to look like, and how as a father, I'm supposed to cultivate that call in her life. Man, when you receive something like that, man, you, gotta, you, you have to hold on to it. You have to cultivate, and I can look out into the crowd and see my family and know that you guys have received prophetic insight, prophetic words about your children that are still pending, right? We have the Moses stage. We have the Joshua stage. I mean, we, we have all these stages, and they're still pending, but we can take confidence in knowing that it will come to pass. Church, you know that, uh, that bachelor parties at LCM are a special thing. Yes. I mean, like, like no other. The amount of supernatural revelation and insight that you get at a bachelor party literally is, is going to last me my entire life. And God spoke some things at my bachelor party. He spoke how my family would, would act as a shade to the, to the brothers that are going out to the nations. He spoke that my children were, were going to go out and produce a harvest in God's kingdom, and I was going to feast off of that harvest. Can I tell you that we're still in process, but I can also think, see things that God has done and know that what he said he would do, what he said he will do, he's going to do. Because you know what? He doesn't change. Weddings. Man, do we have some extraordinary weddings at LCM? Yeah. About to have a few. Ain't that right, Timothy Carter? Yeah. <laughs> I remember Timothy getting Carter. a prophetic Timothy word at our wedding. Which I also have recorded, by the way. <laughs> if you guys don't know me, I record everything. Yeah. <laughs> Especially prophecies. I remember getting a word about shepherding God's people. That our offspring, will be, will, will be, we would be armed with arrows in our offsprings as they possess the gates of the Lord's enemies. Church, can we say that we're still in the process of that? Yeah. The prophecy said arrows. We have one child. So that means there's more on the way. Yeah. And so we can take confidence yeah. in knowing that our father, when he's speaking, he who, who, he who began a good work in us will see it to completion. Yeah. Three-quarter strand prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> Lights out. So we had a prophecy in service when the lights went out. You guys remember that? We that happens pretty often here because we don't really need lights to light yeah, up the fire. Yeah, that, that's true. And in this prophetic word, we had both Judah, Treaster, and Gabriel Stevens simultaneously give us a word about the relationship that God was forming. This is way before that we moved in together with our families. This word was so timely, so precise that we're currently living in this now, but it's also for the future. Yeah. And we can take confidence in that to know that it's still pending. Pick it up in verse 5 in Deuteronomy. While he's on the way there, speaking of that, what's needed for the future. We also got a prophecy at, at a bachelor party that, that our families were going to lead this body through a time of an intense suffering. Yeah. Like the suffering that is accustomed to all those who follow Christ. Amen. You know what I don't know? How? When? I don't know any of that. But you know what I do know? It's going to happen because the same God who led me then is leading me now. And I take confidence in that. Amen. Say, are you, are you in a Deuteronomy 8, 5? Yes. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Our Father wants us to know what is happening as we live in his leading. We don't need to know the, the, the details. 
We don't need to, to demand of him to tell us everything and require no faith of us. That would be, that would be pusillanimous. But what we can know is that in every situation, our father is sovereign and he is leading us. Is he leading you? This has always been the case. Think about Paul. Paul, with, with tears, tried to get into places that were locked up on the map. I, I know some of us can, can uh, sympathize with that. And there were times where he could go. And there were times he fought and he was kept from going. But you know what was happening as that, as that was going on? The Lord was forming something in Paul. Paul was, getting, was, uh, was developing a revelation. You know what it was? You can't make a victim out of me. I am a son of the living God. I cannot be made a victim in any aspect. And my father is leading me. So good. Reflecting on Deuteronomy 8, as we're putting this word together, we're thinking about the personal reflections of what the Lord has done in our lives. In 2015, I had a dream. And in, the, in, in this dream, the best way I could describe this is they had no start and no end. It was, it was like you were dropped right in the middle of the dream as it was in motion. And in the dream, I found myself in a house with this woman. And, and through revelation, through the dream, I knew it was my wife, right? And what I felt in the dream was this supernatural shalom that permeated the entire house. Now, back in 2015, no discipleship in my life. I didn't know it was called shalom. I just knew there was peace in the room. Feel good. And I felt this peace, this shalom, and immediately I woke up. And the first thing that I asked the Lord was, Father, what was that feeling that I had? And he responded. He said, what you felt in the dream, and the reason you felt what you felt in the dream, is because the Abimbola in the dream put me first in every single area of his life. And he said, if you put me first in every single area of your life, specifically regarding a spouse, that's something you do not have to worry about. Amen. Our father is so good. That was back in 2015. Church, there was a gestation period that I had to walk through. Four years later, I'm seeing this coming into completion on July 20th, 2019, when I'm married to my beautiful bride. Four years in the desert quenched. <laughs> it is. Our father is able to call the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. And he can say, my counsel will stand and I would do all our pleas. All we have to do is trust him in his leading. All right. Quick plug here, because we obviously need this. All the singles say, I'm going to put the Lord first and he will bring me the desires of my heart. You know why I'm doing that? Because we both need a help. What you didn't hear is that we both had, we both had help from the pastors in that. I also had the Lord wake me up out of, out of my sleep, which doesn't happen on a, didn't happen on a Saturday morning when I slept on Saturdays and spoke to me and said, Lou's going to be your wife. Simple as that. And I'm like, what was that? <laughs> like, didn't you say something? It wasn't me. That was back in October, 2017. And it was a two year gestation period mixed with a lot of pastoring. Also, we've had supernatural leading in the life of our children. Like it, it's, it happened then and it's literally going on right now, ain't it? Lord spoke to us uh, about a medical decision, uh, something we, we couldn't have known. We ended up at the doctor and lo and behold, uh, Luke needed to have surgery at that very moment. And we just so happened 
to be to get to the doctor. Of course, we just so happened. We just so happened. No, the Lord, I, we were led. And I know the Lord has led you in uh, a number of ways. And you know what? I'm looking forward to talking about those things. I'm looking forward to talking about how God has led you. Also, what the Lord has done is he led us with the mezuzah. I was first introduced to the concept of a mezuzah coming to this church, and we went to a retreat in Seguin, Texas, where I almost drowned in a river, uh, but that's the story for another day. The Lord was supernaturally sustaining me then, too. But the Lord began to stir me a mezuzah, and it is to set people free from the effects of sin and anchor them to the hope found in Christ. With some recent additions in Romans 7 and 8, we can talk about that offline. That was the, the, the mezuzah that God gave our family before it was a family. That's what he gave me. Fast forward from that meeting to, uh, it, this was 2017. Uh, me and Rob went to go see a movie. I don't even know what, what it was. It's probably the, that, ex exactly, that's a godly answer. You know what it was. And we're headed home. And I witnessed, I witnessed an accident before me on I-10, going down I-10, heading to Highway 6. And uh, do y'all get those supernatural nudges? Yeah. That's a rhetorical question. I know you do. Yeah. Like every leading of the spirit is, is, a, is a nudge by the Lord. Yeah. And he was like, stop. So I stopped. And I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be a five-minute, like, check on them, make sure they're good, go on about your business. Well, five minutes turned into sitting there with them. Uh, entertaining uh, like five or six kids that had been shook up, uh, obviously. And it led to us opening our home to this family, the Wise family. And uh, we got to witness to them. We got to, you know, we ate Waffle House. We watched Prince of Egypt like, you know, we did at the single guy's house. <laughs> and we got to just interact with them, and they experienced the gospel in a tangible way. Amen. They experienced it in deed and in action. Followed up, and they came here, like in pajamas, because it's all they had left. Everything else had been destroyed in the wreck. And there was, the, the oldest of them was a, a teenage girl on the trip. Uh, and, you know, they were impacted. Uh, they were also falling asleep uh, during the sermon because the night they had, and, you know, the adrenaline was wearing off. And, you know, we got them back to San Antonio, and, and, and on with the life they went. So a few months later, uh, and we had said, like, hey, yeah, we're going to come see y'all in San Antonio. Uh, a few months later, we get in contact back with them, uh, and I find out that the oldest, the girl, um, she kept a journal. She kept a, a diary. And this journal went from talking about the, the things that, that, that teenage girls do, talking about boys, talking about this and that, you know, what you're going to do when you go off to college. And there was a turn in this journal, and it went to meditating on Christ. Amen. It, it went to a, a, a relationship with Christ. And you know what happened? That girl died. Unexpectedly. And we could look at that and mourn. But you know what happened? She had a tangible experience with the gospel in this body. The Lord's supernatural leading, the Lord's nudging, I believe, got that girl saved. So, I want to stop on something. Pastor, Pastor hit, hit something in worship. You know what's at stake when we don't recognize God's leading? You know what's at stake when we don't recognize uh, his divine ability to lead us better than we can lead ourselves? Amen? It's not just 
that it saved lives, and it does. I've watched God lead some of you, and it literally saved lives. It robs him of his glory when we don't. Because you know what? None of that had anything to do with me. And that girl got touched by the Lord. The Lord's supernatural leading is literally for the saving of many lives. Think about Joseph. Yeah, what, what you did, to what, what happened to me was for the saving of many lives. So how do we see our time in the desert? How do we see our, 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 our wilderness wanderings? I'm telling you, it's for the saving of many lives. And it's not just in my life. It's in your life, too. God, will, God has supernaturally lead you. And you know what? That was then. I was barely a baby. How much more now? For you, how much more now? Church, there are so many ways that the Lord has led us in the past, and we really don't know why. I mean, where would the nation of Israel be without Moses? Without that experience at the burning bush, being led by the Spirit of God. And so many of us have had those experiences where the Lord is leading us, and we don't have clarity on exactly what's going on. And then when, when he leads us, we're obedient, we can look back, and then we can see the fruit of it. We can understand the revelation. So there are so many that are now currently in the process of this desert-like conditions in this church, in this body, and have not seen the promise come to full maturity. But church, we can have confidence that if he did it then, he would do it now as you're in this time period. Say confidence. Confidence. We can have confidence in the outcome because we can look back and see how he's already led us. Listen to Isaiah 46, picking up at verse 3. You're going to want to turn there. It's a reflection when you get there. <laughs> picking up in verse 3, it says this. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all of you who remain of the house of Israel. You whom I have upheld since you were conceived and have carried since your birth. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Come on. I remember praying to the Lord in 2016 about a mission trip to Mexico. Christmas in Mexico. And he brought me to this exact same verse (laughs) right there on the altar. I engaged with it. I wrestled with it, and I concluded that the Lord was leading me to go on that trip. And I could see God's hand in the supernatural miracles, things like driving 75 miles where your your gas tank is on E and still making it to where we needed to go. Supernatural things that should not have happened in the physical, and yet God was doing these things. And I was engaging with this verse, and I can see that the Lord said, I led you to LCM. I am leading you now, and I will continue to lead you. Come on. See, as we engage with this verse, we can see that our Father is in it for the long haul. Come on. See, from birth to our mature years. So we have a question for you guys in the room. I had a question. For us who, who are not sure that the Lord has led us, like you questioning, like, I don't know exactly how and when the Lord is. I don't know if he's been leading me on a continuous basis. Question. How did you get here? Like right now, how'd you get here? You know how many people don't find their way here? Or you know how many people don't find a way to stay here? 
The Lord led you then and he is leading you currently in an ongoing basis. That verse said he carried you since birth and he will sustain you. Turn to 2 Peter 1, 21. You know, it's fitting that, 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 uh, that Nick answered that question. Uh, was it Turkey or was it Mexico that you were seeking the Lord for a, an answer for a, a confirmation to go on a trip? And Nick actually said, some of you are asking the Lord for a sign and I'm telling you, I am your sign. Yeah. Go for it. It was a trip to those five countries in 2018. I was actually running the mic in service. <laughs> so my mind was somewhere else. Like, okay, Lord, where do we need to go next? And the people, what do you want to do? And Nick walks up and he has a word and I just hand him the mic. And days prior, I'm praying in the, my private closet. Lord, if you want me to go on this trip, I need a sign. Give the mic to Nick. Looking at the next songs on the list and we're going to play in worship. And Nick comes up to the mic and says, you have been asking me for a sign, and the Lord says, I am your sign. Now go forth. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine that? Nick had no idea what was going on, and yet he did by the leading of the Spirit. See, we can have confidence in this. You guys in Second Peter verse 1 or chapter 1? I think at that point, I would have just handed the mic to the pastor. Like, all right, we, we can get on with the word now. <laughs> for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Say, carried along. Carried along. There are three primary ways in which way in, in ways in which men experience the leading of God's Spirit. One, His written word. Yeah. We get that, don't we? Yeah. Do you get that? Yeah. Two, the revelation given through men He has chosen through the fivefold. Oh, do you get that? Yes. Three, him speaking directly to you that is confirmed by the first two. Yeah. Somebody say amen to that third one. Amen. We have an abundance of all three in this house. Yeah, and let me tell you something. He has not changed his method of how he leads his people. It has always been by his spirit. Yeah. Not just spirit filled. Not just speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues while you're being led by the spirit in power. Say amen, Rhett. Look at what he goes on to say about his spirit in the book of John. John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything. I have said to you, didn't he say he was going to teach us back in Deuteronomy? Jesus says here is that the spirit that is coming will teach you all things you need to know. And it's going to remind you of what he teaches you. You were not just born of the spirit. Although that's one heck of a start. You are currently being taught by his spirit in an increasing fashion. His spirit is reminding you, even as you're learning, how to remember. Most of all. Do you know what this remembering series is doing for me and my brother and what it's doing for you? Do you? It's in verse 27 of John 14. Look at verse 27 of John 14. I'm pretty sure Jesus is speaking Hebrew, so I'm going to say it in this way. Oh, shalom, it. I leave with you. My shalom, I give you. 
I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's a good word. Our father is giving and pouring out his shalom in this church, giving us right order in our hearts and right order with our fellow man. See, that vertical relationship is, is only true when we're walking in step with the spirit, when we are accepting the shalom that he desires to give us. See, as we remember how the Lord has led us, he's led us in the past, he's leading us now, we can have confidence that he will lead us in the future. That should cause us to be settled, to be settled with his shalom resting upon us. Yeah. When you remember that the same God that led Israel in the book of Deuteronomy is leading them now in the book of John as Jesus is speaking to his disciples, huh. you can see that the same God that has led you is still leading you. Hmm. And he's leading you by his spirit. And that so was he, after a few captivities, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Israel's done away with because of sin? Absolutely no. not. He, no. is, he was leading them. He, he led them in the book of John. And guess what? He's leading them now. And the same is going on with those Gentiles who have been called to the people of Israel. When he says that he gives us his shalom. See, our father is not like some Indian giver with his peace either. He's not like Hamas waiting for you to, to, to have a peace treaty with them just to turn around and bomb you the next time you settle in. He's not like that. See, our father is faithful. Our father is good to us. Look at what it says in John 12. Pick it up in verse 27. I need to get there. It says, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Sounds like some wilderness walking. Sounds like uh, some humbling going on, right? But this is the heart of a true son, even in the wandering. This is the, the, the heart of a true son, even as God is leading you through those years of building faithfulness. Shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this very reason that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven and said, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. We see here, even in the time of testing, a true son's burning desire, his true heart, his only one true uh, moving and urging is to partner with his father. And the father replies, in the most astonishing of ways. Son, you want to partner with me for my glory? I have done it and I will do it again in you. You have done it and you will do it again with my leading. You have partnered with me and I will lead you into partnering this time and forevermore. Knowing that he has led us gives us confidence to continue to seek his leading. Say this church, he has led me. He has led me. And he will lead me. And he will lead me. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 1, picking up in verse 3. Just, just listen. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Say that with me. Perish, spoil, and fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. If being supernaturally born of the Spirit gives us a living hope that can never perish, spoil, or fade, 
How much more? Come on, Bill. How much more confidence can we have in each and every single one of us that his leading is leading us into the promise that we should actually stand where we are in the present and realize that we're living in his leading. Yeah. Right now, as you guys are listening to our voices, you are being led by his spirit. So embrace it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to move aside all of the, the wonderings of if God is, is leading us. We're going to move aside all the wonderings if God has led us. Led us. We're going to move aside uh, all, of, all of those things. And we're going to learn to live by God's leading because we are remembering. We are remembering what it was like the first day in his presence. We are remembering what it was like to be a slave in Egypt. And we are remembering just what he did to Pharaoh. He will do much more to the giants that are still there in your land. Get to the Psalm 77. Let's put that on the screen. Psalm 77, picking up in verse 18, says this. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Come your on. lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters. Come on. Though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. See, he did it for Israel, and he is doing it for us. He is doing it for you. Say that with me. He is doing it for me. He is doing it for me. See, we are living by the leading of his spirit. Now, is that meant to be decreasing or increasing? Increasing. It's meant to be increasing so we can take confidence in his leading. See, earlier we mentioned the experience of the men of God being carried along in 2 Peter chapter 1. The three primary ways, as we mentioned, of hearing from the Lord is from his written word, revelation through other men, and him speaking directly to us that actually confirmed the, 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 the prior two. Psalm 77 says in verse 20, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron are the leaders of the nation. Moses and Aaron are being led by the spirit. And through the leading of the spirit, Moses and Aaron are leading the people. Our shepherds, our spiritual fathers, our elders in this household are being carried along by the spirit through revelation. And they're leading us into the promised land. Linton pointed to that map and we're going to go get them. Come on. We're going to get them. We're going to make sure that he gets glory in those nations. Come on. Church, what this, this, this remembering, this reflecting is going to do. What it's doing in us and it's doing in you is that it's causing our confidence to rise. Amen. Specifically this, our confidence that God has led us and that he will continue to lead us. So we don't need to uh, live and act as, if, as though we are orphans, uh, not heard by our father. We need to live and act as those who are, who are yoked to the father, who are tied to his name. Can you say amen? amen. Say amen and turn to Luke 12, 31. It's something that we have to do, though. Luke 12, 31 says, but seek his kingdom. Or as Matthew 6 says it, seek first his kingdom and all these things will be given to you as well. This is not just talking about worldly wealth. This is not talking about your, your, your daily uh, uh, physical needs. If we want his leading, if we want to be led like a son is led, we can seek first his kingdom. And you know what? Because he has led us, he will lead us. Yeah. Seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock. This is the same God. 
or for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Church, he is pleased to lead you on a supernaturally sustained journey. What we must do is seek him with confidence. And that second part is, is, is important. We must seek him with confidence. Seek him with trust that he will show us the very next thing that we need to do. He is guiding us and he is sovereign. It is his pleasure. We are not waiting on him. He is waiting on our confidence to rise the next time we recognize this great need. When we come down to this altar and when you leave this altar, when you go back home tomorrow, the next time you need supernatural leading, he wants you to rise up in confidence because you know that he has led you and he will lead you. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Coming down from the father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might, come, we, we might be a kind of first fruits to all that he created. Amen. He hasn't changed, church. Yeah. The ways that he leads hasn't changed. His consistency in leading hasn't changed. The way that he deals with his children hasn't changed. And all three of those things are tied to you. His path is still leading us through the sea. He is still leading his people like a flock. He still finds pleasure in revealing his kingdom to you in an increasing manner. He has led you all this way. Remember, Deuteronomy 8 said how the Lord your God led you all the way till you got to your desired haven. He has led you all this way. How much more will he lead you as you remember and are transformed into who he is? The answer is much more. With only two more scriptures left, let's throw Psalm 143 on the screen, picking up in verse 8. I want you guys to see this for yourselves. It says this, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. Come on, Carlos. For I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Rescue me from my enemies, O Lord, for I hide myself in you. Come on, Father. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. Church, when we trust him to show us the way to go, being led by his very spirit, not only can we have confidence that we will arrive at our destination, but also we can have confidence that he will enable us with divine capability to complete the very task that he has assigned to us. Come on. Church, we can take confidence in this. Yeah. Stand up on your feet. Deuteronomy 8.5 says, Know then in your heart, as a man disciplines his son, the Lord disciplines you. Let me tell you, church, your father gave us a message. He wants you to know in your heart, in your lead, in the center of your being, that he has led you this way. You didn't get here by yourself. And you won't continue in your own strength. He has led you and he will lead you. He wants you to know in the center of your being that you can and must have confidence. Say must. must. That you must have confidence that he will cause you to live by the leading of his spirit. As we get ready to close, here's the challenge. You must have confidence in the Lord's leading. I must have confidence in the Lord's leading. He, he is waiting. He is waiting to, to burst forth 
and lead his children into victory. But you know what? It's got to start somewhere. It started in Egypt and it has to continue. So we can start tonight. We can start on this very altar. If you know, if you know that you have not had confidence in the Lord's leading, let me tell you something. Not it can be today for you. It is today for you because you, you know how I know that? Because you're here. You didn't get here by yourself. You didn't get here by your own leading. But the father is saying, have confidence in me, my son. Have confidence in my ability to take you where I want you to go. Confidence in the leading of his spirit. Confidence in the leading through the body and the fivefold. Allowing yourself to be taught, pliable in the Lord's hands. That is the Lord's word to you. So as we pray, we want a victorious declaration of God's leading. We're going to be here. We're going to pray with you. If you, if, you, if you need a brother, you got a brother. But nothing's going to replace your declaration that, Lord, I see how you have led me. And I declare it. I know that you will lead me. I see how you have led my brothers. And I know that you're going to carry us through. I see that it seems impossible. But, Lord, we're going to the places on that map. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hearts. And let's praise our God. Father, we love you and we trust you, Lord God. We thank you for your supernatural leading that you have brought in us, mighty God. Lord, and we say, or we declare, no more low living in the name of Jesus. No more questioning, Father. No more staying in Egypt, Father. We say we are moving forward and we are going forward in your name. 